Oh, you know what we missed on today's podcast? Secretary Blinken giving a tribute to Colin Powell. I don't know about you, but I I want to see all of the tributes that Senator Blinken does. Maybe we can get all of them on a CD and give them to the Queen at some point. Mm. Uh, that might be good. Uh, loss of Colin Powell today. We talk about uh, COVID and all of that, but we also talk a little bit about what's going on in Virginia with the moms and the school board and. Uh, and also, there was a really weird thing. It was the worst attack on our nation's uh, capital since the War of 1812. It happened on Friday. Nobody's really talking about it. But when you look side by side at the pictures, wow, it seems like the same thing that happened on January 6th. Except these were people on the left. Talk about that. And a woman who grew up in Mao's China. She's a mom in Virginia in Loudoun County, Virginia. She has a few things to say about what happened in China and what's happening here. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Stephen Crowder has, has had one hell of a year, hasn't he? Uh, Holy cow. If you think your year has been tough, talk to Steven Crowder. Welcome back, Steven Crowder. How are you, sir? Um, well, I guess I guess one hell I thought I was doing well, but now that you introduced me like that, I guess <laughs> well, I guess I'm I, guess I mean I'm I haven't had my chest opened up and had to have, you know, uh metal braces put in so it wasn't crushing my organs. That's uh, true. But you know what really bothers me about it is uh uh, you know, I have new twins as well, yeah. and I can't, you know, you're supposed to hold them chest to chest, and they love that with their mom, and they don't love it with me, and I took it personally until I realized if I could sleep on a bed of breasts or titanium, <laughs> I would choose breasts. <laughs> so it's a simple choice between a mother's warm bosoms or literally a titanium rib cage. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, okay, yeah. I won't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> You'll take it personally later when they choose to, like they do with every with every dad, when they choose to go... Yeah, Dad, not so cool. Not so cool. Right. Um, Steven, you have, uh, are, are you back on now with um, with YouTube or not? No, 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 no. I've been suspended. So for people who don't know, uh, yeah, I've been suspended for a week uh, from YouTube, which, you know, is kind of par for the course. The issue with this one for people listening is, is the language there that was sent to us from, and I find some solace in the fact that it was sent directly from their very expensive hourly attorney. Um, we covered specifically the issue of women getting pregnant in California prisons and a record number of transgender individuals, uh, obviously, or men identifying as women, filling women's prisons. And uh, so the joke that we made on the show that got us suspended was I did this whole mathematical equation. Women are getting pregnant. Men are going. So immaculate conception. No, let's say, hang on. Hang on. We have we have the clip. Uh, We can play it on radio. Here it is. (laughs) Here's another story that's going on. We're ready for the story, right? Uh, Court of Black Garrett. Um, Okay. Are we ready, though? (laughs) I don't know that I'm ever ready. I don't know that we want to be ready. But the Women's Liberation Front, I already hate this. Yes, I do. The worst. Reported at least one woman 
that the Central California <gasps> Women's Facility was pregnant mm-hmm. after a male, transgender male prisoner okay. was transferred there. Uh, keep in mind, the male prisoner was permitted to transfer under the new California law, SB 132. So under SB 132, it allows biological males to use women's locker rooms, homeless cool. shelters, and prisons mm. to, the, good thing. to the point that now condoms have been issued within the prison. Uh, what? Yeah, this is part of the protocol to ensure that sex between inmates, which is illegal, by the way, yeah. would be safe. So they need to make sure that it's safe sex in, a, in an all-females prison wow. where they cannot get pregnant. And so... <laughs> all women. The calculations are coming to him on the screen. Immaculate conception? No, boy. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you it's Alex Jones is the angel, joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you a baby in this cell, and this shall be a sign unto you of... A virgin birth? A miracle? <laughs> no. Your cellmate, that guy dressed as a woman, he's going to rape you. I'm a girl. Repeatedly. <laughs> that read rough on the paper. It really <laughs> did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. That's pretty rough. Yeah. So, what yeah, do you suppose their problem is? Because I have a theory. What do you suppose their problem is? Well, look for people who say it read rough. That, that's really that's a PG thirteen sketch, and it's based on entirely verifiable realities, right? And of course, I just thought, well. Alex Jones is just to be perfect to dress him up as an angel. It's very clearly comedy for which there comedy for which there should be a carve out. This letter though, and this episode was suspended immediately after we did a one hour episode on the Loudoun County situation, right? The, the, the multiple rapes that occurred at, uh, at school at, mm-hmm. at the hands of a, a boy who they, I guess they're trying to say maybe isn't transgender, but bisexual who wears mm-hmm. skirts. Like let's just, let's just say someone who's mentally ill, right? They're committing multiple rapes. So the language that we received from YouTube was that you're not allowed to harm a community, you know, incite violence or, and I quote, indicate that transgender individuals may pose a rape threat to women. That was the exact wording. So it was very clear that they were going back and using a sketch where we didn't really indicate that. That was kind of the joke to say, all right, don't talk about this going forward. And we had the Loudoun County show that was poised to do you know, millions of plays on YouTube, and boom, all of it was gone. So this is very clear right now. People out there indicate that it's a threat. And more importantly, Glenn, we're covering specific instances, for example, in women's prisons or in Loudoun County. But they're, when they're saying you cannot express the broad concern that biological men pose a rape threat to women, which sounds absurd coming out of my mouth, guess who that bans? That bans the 100 parents lined up at that town hall or municipal meeting who were going to complain to the school board about the policy. Because their concern was that it may pose a rape threat to their daughters. This is a way of banning people from voicing concerns, again, by putting it under this, this wide umbrella of hate speech. And I don't know about you, but you know, you know what I think is really hateful? I don't know what you guys think. I'm, I call me old-fashioned. Uh, repeated rape. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Wow. Uh, hadn't thought of that one, uh, Stephen. Yeah, I, I, I really do think it is the rape thing because, I mean, I know this was the, the comedic part of it was, I mean, it's the Virgin Mary in jail. She wouldn't want to have sex. She's pure as a driven snow. We all know that it probably wasn't rape. It was consensual. 
Uh, and that's why they're handing out condoms for the love of Pete. They know what's well, going on. I will say this. Uh, I can't talk uh, at length, but we were in contact. We have some contacts in women's prisons right now. And uh, that's not all consensual. Mm. So this is something now, of course, these women can't come forward because if you're a victim in prison right now, right? Well, actually, you're the one guilty of hate speech if you come forward. You think they're going to be at the ready to champion all women if women are being sexually assaulted in all female prisons? Uh, Let me tell you this. If I, for some reason, mess up and I get sentenced for life, Glenn, of course I would identify as a woman. I would say, no, I'm a woman. Send me to the woman's prison. They would say, well, come on. There's this whole track record of you being, you know, being pro-traditional roles. I would say, that was just me being repressed. I was obviously repressed, a repressed transgender running from my own emotions and feelings. And uh, I would like to be uh, in an all-female prison now. That's what I would do. Well, now you can't get away with it because <laughs> no, you've already no, said I it. I want you to know I would never no, do no. that unless it was real. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now I can get away with it because I'll look at this interview and say, well, look, he was made, he was, he was making his cry for help. We didn't listen. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Stephen, you know, you, we're going to be talking to um, the Loudoun County and about the Loudoun County thing coming up in just a, in a little while. This yeah. is th- there is no protection there is protection for, you know, these kids who, in this case, um, were this one boy raping two children, it looks like, and they just covered it up. We find out over the weekend that this isn't the first time or the second time they've done this. They, they right. have a pattern of doing this. And that makes it so much more evil when you understand that they vilified the father. Yes. They vilified the father. You know what? If, let me ask people out there, and, and I hope, you know, I'm always afraid because of the FCC on radio, but I think we're speaking this about this accurately. But listen, hand on the, the fathers hand on the button. out there. Yeah, yeah, but to all the fathers out there, if your daughter was raped by a transgender individual, by whether they wear a skirt, it doesn't matter. If your daughter was raped at school and nothing was done, do you think you'd do a little bit more than maybe get unruly at a municipal meeting? Mm. Oh, I, I think this guy was, restraint. I think this guy was re- just a superhero of restraint. I really do. My gosh, I if really they were, too. if they had arrested me uh, and uh, they called the cops on me and then issued the letter that day that the rape happened and the cops came, took my daughter to, you know, be swabbed. And found out that it was true, and they wrote a letter that day to all the parents saying, hey, it was just, you know, unruly, you know, parent, nothing to be worried about, and then continued to lie about it. I, I, I'd lose my mind. I'd lose my well, mind. Look, look, Glenn, people aren't going to like to hear this, and I'm not advocating it, but this is very similar to that crime wave in the 70s or 60s. This is how you create vigilantism. This is how you create people who take the law into their own hands. When their daughters are raped, when it's, by the way, we're not talking about like an Aziz Ansari, Me Too movement where sometimes it's a bad date, sometimes it's regretful sex. When a girl is forcibly raped in the bathroom and then it happens again and the school board does nothing and it's covered up by those in authority, this is how you create a society of vigilantes. This is what spurred Dirty Harry. This is what spurred Charles Bronson. People need to understand it, that in the name of tolerance, tolerating the actual rape of biological women, which is what happened here. And by the way, I understand this is an extreme example, but let's not act like it's the only example. And when people say that we fight this false culture culture war, you know, you get these think tank libertarians like, look, taxes ebb and flow. 
The transgender issue right now, the idea that men and women are interchangeable and cease to exist, it's the most important issue of our time. Let me tell you exactly why. Okay, first, it obviously harms young women. We know that. It obviously harms parental rights because if you say that biological men who claim to be women are the exact same as little girls, guess what? You can't say any different as a parent. It harms our political system because politicians can't speak out against the policies lest they be banned from social media. And then, of course, it infringes on free speech because you as a father are considered more hateful for saying this biological male raped my daughter than the actual biological male who raped the daughter. This absolutely affects every area of our lives because it also directly rewrites what speech is and what speech is permissible. And that affects everyone from you and me to Rand Paul at a Senate hearing. We need to understand how important this is. Look, let's distill this. A little girl was raped. A little girl was raped. The people who are in charge of your children for eight hours a day did nothing. Okay. Then another girl was raped again. And the overlords at YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, more powerful than the Roman Empire, are saying, we will ban you if you misgender faster than if you're the person who commits the rape. It's Look behind you. There's the Orwellian line. Stephen Crowder. Uh, by the way, you can uh, join his mug club uh, and join him on the Blaze at blazetv.com. Um, use the promo code FIGHTLIKEHELL. And you get 20% off. Fight like hell is his uh, promo code for 20% off right now. Steven, great okay. to have you back. God right. bless. Let me, say, let me say one thing. Thank you for the support out there, guys. And, of course, we're on the blaze. And this Thursday, this last Thursday, when we were suspended from YouTube, more people watched on the blaze live than on YouTube. So that tipping point is hitting, guys. Keep joining up. It really does make a difference. That's why they're scared. Thank you so much. God bless. That's a big day. I didn't hear about that. That's really big. It's incredible, too. And, and, and you see the, the, the cover-up stuff doesn't make any sense until you think about these people took this ridiculous step, right? This, this made these new policies and said, oh, yeah, we're going to import men into women's prisons and all that. They took that stand. When it goes wrong, they can't admit it. Mm-mm. They can't. So they, they, they are almost, I guarantee the, the level of cover-up on these types of crimes are going to be higher than other crimes. Well, the level of cover-up, it looks like it's very high in Loudoun County. Mm. Uh, and that's because they were, they were going for the non-gendered bathrooms. And enough people stood up and said no. And they voted through anyway, said there's never been a case of this. Never been a case. Well, they knew there was at least one case and uh, they've been saying that they haven't had any sexual assaults. And unfortunately, that too, with police records now being investigated, not mm. even close to true. These people are arrogant and in their arrogance, they will fail. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And we really want to thank you for listening. We have an interview that you must hear coming up in about half an hour. It's she Van Fleet. She is a Virginia mom that has been speaking out now. Um, and Loudoun County, what's happening there. She says she's seen it before. Uh, she grew up in Mao's China. She spent her entire school years in Mao's cultural revolution. Uh, she was forced by the Communist Party to go to the countryside to work the fields for three years to be re-educated by the uh, peasants 
like all other urban high school graduates. She was able to get to college uh, after Mao died. Um, but she says, I've seen all this before. And she's going to compare what's going on now in our country to China. It's a must-hear interview coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to I share something. I mean, Stu, when you want people to hear something, when do you announce it? Do you uh, want the press to carry right. the load and everything else? When do you Monday, Monday, maybe okay. Monday morning. Get the yeah. week started. Like yeah. you could change the news cycle, maybe shape the week of, mm-hmm. of coverage. Okay. If you don't want anybody knowing about it, when do you release the information? Friday evening. Yeah. You know, Friday afternoon when yeah. people are kind of going on work, uh, you know, off of work for the weekend. They're mm. not going to be focusing on news as much. Mm. You, well, that's weird because uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden uh, released some information and uh, had a press conference on fundamentally transforming our economy on Friday afternoon, <laughs> which was which is weird. I know everybody might have been, you know, thinking about the hmm. weekend. And so they didn't pay any attention. Uh, but I'm sure that's just an oversight in this administration. So, you know, it's not like they can say, look, we told everybody what was coming. We told them they didn't pay attention. Uh huh. Well, we did. We did. Because the climates, uh, the climate finance report came out on Friday. Now, this is something that is slipping through most people's radar. Um, my new book, The Great Reset, you can order it now on Amazon. It is coming out in January. It is a must read and it ties all of this together. People are not paying attention to what's really going on because they don't understand it or they have bought into it can't happen here or, uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would these companies do this? Well, they are preparing you for the things that are coming. Um, This little climate finance report is a roadmap to build a climate resilient economy. Oh, that sounds good. Now, this is something we told you back in March was coming. The banks were beginning to implement environmental, social, and governance scores completely on their own. It's something that actually began at the Paris Agreement, the Paris Accords. Do you remember? We, f- we found a little clause in the Paris Agreement because why was everyone so upset? How dare we pull out of the Paris Climate Accords? Well, because there's a little clause in there. While everybody was paying attention to the climate part of the accords, we thought it was interesting that the world's biggest banks were meeting at the same time. And in the climate agreement from Paris, Article 2.1c of the Paris Agreement mandates countries' parties to make financial flows consistent with a pathway towards low greenhouse gas emissions and climate-resilient development. Now, we thought that was interesting. What does it mean that they have to make financial flows consistent with a pathway? Well, um, I think this is why the Trump administration pulled us out of the Paris Accords. You just don't screw with people's money. But that's exactly what the global elites began plotting in 2015 to follow your money and choke it off at the source. So this side meeting was conducted in Paris between the world's leading financial institutions. Two organizations took the lead, setting the framework to fundamentally alter global finance. This is the Great Reset finance part. It was the World Bank 
and the U.N., and they outlined what is now called the United Nations Environmental Program, which just pisses me off because it has two M's and an E at the end. That's not the way you spell program. But anyway, <laughs> the United Nations Environment Program Finance Initiative. They brought together 230 banks and insurance companies to draft a methodology that would bend the private sector to the will of the government by using banks as a pressure or a choke point. Remember when I said it's going to get harder and harder for you to get loans? This is what I'm talking about. The Amalgamated Bank was one of the first U.S. institutions that was originally signing on to this. Now, I had never heard of the Amalgamated Bank before, but that's the largest owned union bank in the United States of America. They're owned by the Workers United, which is SEIU. Isn't that great? They led the charge in bringing the entire framework to the United States. Now, banks all over the country are all following suit. The only thing that was missing was full U.S. government support. Well, that became a reality on Friday. This is now what I have warned about for so many years. I told you that your bank and your livelihood would be used as leverage to bend you to their will. This is why I've been saying you have to speak out right now because it's not going to get easier. What was revealed on Friday is the framework for implementing the Great Reset directly on Main Street, USA. And I've got the details of the report. Now, I want you to listen. Remember, the Great Reset says... You're not going to own anything by 2030. That's their goal. That no one has a private possession by 2030. You will rent everything. Well, let me ask you something. If you don't have any land, if you don't have property yourself, if you don't own anything, you don't own a business, where do you go when you don't like what's happening? How do you protest? How do you build a meatpacking plant when the four meatpacking plants are all colluding against you if you can't own anything? Answer, nowhere. You're a serf. So here are the details that were announced on Friday. Financial regulation, quote, the failure of financial institutions to appropriately and adequately account for and measure physical and transition risks threatens the competitiveness of U.S. companies and markets and the ability of U.S. financial institutions to serve communities. So they're saying the banks haven't done enough on global warming, and that will hurt our competitiveness in the United States against other countries like China. So they want the financial institutions to put the screws to anybody who is not complying with their version of whatever has to be done for climate change. And that somehow or another is going to make us more competitive. It's a warning shot directly to the banks and companies. The government wants compliance and they're gearing up to apply pressure to those who don't. The report, and I kid you not, the report mentions a law in France called France's, France's Energy Transition Law. Now, what that law is, it uses something called, quote, comply or explain. I kid you not. Comply 
or explain. And it outlines how every bank and every country, uh, every company needs to provide a full accounting and a full report to the government disclosing all of their ESG measures. If you don't, you will feel pain. This is what the White House on Friday said is coming here. Comply or explain. As per this report, the White House has directed Secretary of Treasury to begin this initiative under the Financial Stability Oversight Council. So you see what they're doing? They're saying climate change is a national security threat. And there be no stopping this because you will have to comply or explain. If you think I'm crazy, I want you just to Google uh, Coca-Cola's latest report from Coca-Cola of Europe. And you look at the 98 pages of compliance of what they have to to do to, quote, justify their business license. That's in the report. That's what's coming here. Next, protect American lives, savings, and pensions. This might be the most evil of all of them. It is the ultimate blackmail on Americans. Comply, explain, or lose your insurance. Lose your life savings. I urge you to see what our White House released on Friday. Next, federal procurement. Do you work for a company that has any kind of federal contracts? Any. If so, Southwest, your business will probably be the first one targeted. If it doesn't adhere to ESG, get ready to lose the contract. Addressing climate risk in the VA lending programs. (sighs) If the VA lending, if those banks don't adhere to ESG, then the vets don't get any houses. How do you like that? The report goes on mentioning things like interagency efforts to build resilience. But what this is really bringing is the great reset to your doorstep and giving it the teeth to impose its will. This was an extraordinarily important speech and an extra. This is something that if they really believed it and thought they could get it through with the American people, it would have been done in an Oval Office setting at eight o'clock at night. And it would have been promoted as the most important speech in all of our lifetimes because it was. He was saying because of climate change, we are completely changing the way corporations run, and the way the government can or cannot interfere with the free market, and the way your banking is done. And it's comply or feel the pain. That is not America. That's Venezuela. That's not America. And if they were honest about it, they would have told you tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, at 8 p.m. from the Oval Office. But they know you won't go for it. And they also know they've done such a good job that unless you're prepared, and I, I urge you, get this, not from me, get this from whitehouse.gov, get this from the Financial Times, get this from anybody. 
and have it there for your friends because they know that they can deem this a conspiracy theory. But it's all there in black and white. And believe me, if we don't stand together in eight years, we all indeed will own nothing. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. very excited to talk to another mom from virginia this one is speaking out because she said she feels she has the responsibility she has to wake americans up her name is she van fleet uh she survived mao's communist cultural revolution and she says that the doj uh and the school board association these are communist tactics welcome to the program she how are you Okay, thank you so much for inviting me to your show. You, you bet, you bet. First, can you tell us what it was like in Mao's communist China during the Cultural Revolution and, and what comparisons you're seeing? That is a long story. Okay. Uh, that takes days. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to, because we don't have much time, I really just want to uh, uh, tell Americans that the communist infiltration in America is complete. It is absolutely everywhere, especially in our educational system. And so uh, um, I see so many similarities. Um, let's just talk about education in, in particular and the teaching of CRT and then, uh, and then how the, uh, the American left uh, own our educational system. They absolutely own the teachers' union, they own our schools, they own our uh, school board. They determine what to, uh, uh, what to teach and how. And, uh, well, you know, parents in China never had a say of, uh, what, uh, of, uh, regarding education because from day one, teachers and the parents were excluded from the education process. Everything is made on the highest level by CCP. I see the same thing happening here. The only thing is that the pandemic gave parents the first time uh, the opportunity to see what's really taught in school. And of course, they're outraged. They're outraged. So that's why they're going to school board. So to me, it's like their plan was interrupted. They already control everything. They already turned our school into an indoctrination mill. Now the parents started to, to wake up. And that's why they're going to, uh, um, they're really scared. I think they left. They're really scared. So they call the parents, first of all, racist. And there was one parent, someone called her company to report her as a racist. So that did not work, obviously. People still show up all over the country to the school board and voice their concerns and their anger. Now they have to upgrade it to, from a racist to domestic terrorist. Same tactic as the Chinese Communist Party has been. Always. So, so she, can you, can you tell us just because here's where Americans are. We've never seen this kind of stuff in America before. 
And everybody always says it can never happen here. Well, it is happening here. It's not like it could. It is happening here right now. But when you say that, um, you know, you you uh, you sound like a lunatic in America to many Americans. You sound like you're just uh, panicking, you know, and it's a conspiracy theory. It's all right here. When when Mao started the Cultural Revolution, were the people in China, were they thinking, oh, well, it's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen to us. It's not going to happen to me because I'm fine. Right. I'm, I'm with Mao. Yes. Here's the problem. Because they don't recognize what communism is. And, uh, um, and because it's not taught. We, we, uh, in, in schools and, and the stories were never told. So it's right here, but they can't recognize it. Division, that is one of the hallmarks of, uh, uh, of Marxism, of communism. And Mao used um, class to divide Chinese in the very beginning, that was uh, 1949, they, they uh, categorized everybody and whoever owned land were class enemies. Mm. And so, but, but that, that did not, um, and then they executed so many of them. So, um, so the class no longer there, they really eliminated the class, but they need enemies. They need enemies to maintain power. So what they do is expand that uh, category to include Things like counter-revolutionary uh, counter writers. So it, it changed the definition, just like what the left is doing here. They changed the definition. So class enemy, enemy become anyone who stay out of the line. And uh, so this, that CRT is doing the same thing. They uh, categorize people by race. Okay, if you're white, you are born oppressor. If you're not um, uh, if you're not white, you're born oppressed. Same I idea. But then they redefine a racism, just like uh, um, Mao redefined class enemy. So now racist, racist can be anyone who disagree or who even just question CRT. When Mao, when, when Mao started, were there executions right away or did that take time was it was it just ratting on people because i know at the end the students were hanging their own professors yeah oh this that's another thing this is really a very complex story but anyway the uh, the 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 this gene is in ccp since the uh, its conception in 1921 um so it's always there when they took over China, there's all sorts of uh, um, execution of uh, different of for, uh, for different uh, uh, movements. One is uh, the uh, land um, land reform. Another is uh, um, anti rebellion. Uh, people have been killed all the time. During the Cultural Revolution, it's different. The Cultural Revolution, Mao was uh, setting people against each other. So, like the teachers being killed by who? By their students, and then later the students start to kill each other because one side claimed to be more loyal to Mao. So, cultural revolution is like mass movement and set up people against each other for reasons that it's not clear to anyone. 
when you came to America, it was what, 1986. And uh, what did you feel when you first came to America? What was, what was that like going from China to America in 86? Um, it is a long time ago, but one of the things I really rem- uh, um, remember vividly is uh, diversity of ideas and the thoughts. There's opinion of, um, of one issue from so many different sides, not just two sides. And um, um, that to me is a very refreshing and intriguing, uh, intriguing because I'm just so used to one version, always one version. And there's just one correct version that's party line. Mm. And that's what we're going now. It's just one correct thought, way of thinking, one correct idea. You see it everywhere. You see it in media. You see it in the workplace. And to me, it's a way regressed back to, to me, to Mao's China. What should people, in your opinion, do, and how urgent is this? This, to me, is the first thing is to understand. This wokeism is Marxism, is communism. I know Mark Levin called those left uh, American Marxism. Mm-hmm. I'll call them American communism. It is so important to understand the nature of the game. The nature of the game is for the left, the radical left, and the democratic leadership to use the communist um, tactics for what? To gain power. That is just like Mao. We were, when I was in the Cultural Revolution, we didn't understand what was going on. We were just in the middle of all this turmoil. It's only afterwards. And especially after I come here, when I have access of um, uh, information, do I, did I understand? Oh, my God. All this was for one thing, for Mao to gain his absolute power. And it's happening here. To understand the nature and of uh, what we're dealing with and to expose it. And, uh, and then to me, that's, what we need to do and to organize. And one thing I have to say, communism, communist party and, uh, and uh, the Democrat party are good at one thing, organize. Mao organized the peasants. That's how he got into power. Obama organized the community. That's how he got into White House. We need to organize as well. We need to organize and, uh, and that's what's happening actually across um, the country, the parents are going to the school board. They are organized. And then you see the left are really scared. They are really worried and they are desperate. That's why they want to um, uh, call them uh, domestic terrorists. So that gives me hope that we can still win. We have to. We have to. This is, it's not a, a you know, left and right thing. It is a good and evil. That is absolutely what we're dealing with, good and evil. And I really, I, every time I talk, I urge um, the immigrants who experience communism, who mm-hmm. love this country, speak up, step up. If we lose this country, there's nowhere for us to go. 
she i really appreciate it i hope we can uh, meet and uh, and continue our conversation um she van fleet is her name she's in virginia she survived maoist china uh, and she is uh, one of the moms speaking up at the school board. God bless you. Thank you so much, she. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. Da, da, da.